You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We have a new series this month. Well, I'm looking forward to hopefully sharing several stories in this series during the month of September. I'm going to share some adoption stories with you. Um, so fair warning, get your tissues ready now. <laughs> Just because I cry at adoption stories doesn't mean everyone does. But um, So I'm excited to share these stories with you. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Now, we did mention tissues. But this the adoption stories and baptism stories are some of my favorite stories That's to share. True. So I'm That's excited true. to have with us today the Poss family. Joining us today, we have Landon and Teresa. Thank you so much for being our guests on the Coffee Hour today. You bet. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. And there's another little voice we might hear from time to time, <laughs> and we'll share her story as we learn more about the Poss family. So, so tell us a little bit about the Poss family, where you come from, and what makes the Poss family unique. So Landon and I met in 2015 um, via eHarmony, which was interesting. We had both considered um, religious vocations prior to that. We um, are Catholic, and so Landon had considered um, a religious vocation, and I had considered one several years prior to us meeting. Um, we started a courtship shortly after that. We were in courtship for about nine months and we got engaged in um, June of 2016. And then we got married in September of 2017. We had to schedule it around football. My dad's a football coach and Landon's an avid football fan as well. Um, and then we just celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary and we had started um the process of treating infertility um, shortly after we got married. <laughs> and um, we, uh, unfortunately, we've never been able to um, conceive a biological child. Um, and so then we started the process of adoption and we accidentally found the, um, uh, the adoption agency that we ended up going with. So how did you end up learning about Lutheran Family Service? Uh, this is actually kind of an interesting story. So um, uh, we were living in Lincoln, Nebraska at the time, and um, we had actually started the process with Lutheran Family Services of Nebraska. Um, and I was online. I, I wanted to check some something, a fee schedule or something. I was online and I, I, I typed in our Bing search at on my work computer and I typed in Lutheran family services or whatever it was. And it came up with the Iowa page for some reason, but we didn't know it was the I, Iowa page. I didn't realize it was the <laughs> Iowa page. And then, um, I was looking through it and then I found the down scissor program and we'll probably get into this, but, uh, Teresa, my wife, Teresa has cerebral palsy and she's always been, a great advocate for and her her aunt has um a, a number of mental health or uh, um challenges and um epilepsy cerebral palsy um brain damage due to asphyxiation at birth anyway she's always been a a disability advocate i guess you could say so i thought to myself boy she would like this and not and, and i would too but it was it was you know it's her thing in particular so so that's how we found lutheran family services of iowa kind of by quote-unquote chance Yes. So that was in January of 2020. Mm -hmm. We started working with them. 
Um, we had our home study approved in May of 2020, May of 2021, actually. Um, and in the process of that, we had moved back to Iowa to be closer to my family for help with um, what we had presumed was going to be a newborn with Down syndrome. Um, and so we had bought a house and moved and we were um, put on the National Down Syndrome Adoption Network's um, national registry in July of 2021. And so we were working with Lutheran Family Service of Iowa, um, and then the national registry opened us up to availability nationwide as a waiting family. So it increased our chances of adopting. So as you found out about this, uh, the, this national opportunity to adopt a child with Down syndrome, what did you know about Down syndrome prior to this? And how well prepared did you feel to, to receive a child into your home that might potentially have Down syndrome? Um, I was a teacher for eight years. And so I worked a lot with students with different disabilities, but I had several students with Down syndrome and um, they are just the most loving happy, wonderful people. And um, they're such a witness to God's grace and God's love. And um, it was just something that we really felt like we were called to do. And um, so we worked with Kim and her team and they were phenomenal. They helped us really prepare. We felt very prepared for um Adoption in general, but specifically special needs, medical fragility, and Down syndrome adoption. Um, one of the best things they had us do was read a book called The Connected Child. And that was just a wonderful book um, that focused on the connection between parent and child, specifically adoption, parent and child. And also, I would add, we have a really good um, support system here where we live in Iowa and even in Lincoln um, with friends there, friends here, friends there. And our family, like I said, Teresa's family is five minutes away. My family's a little farther away, but they come a lot. My dad's retired. So we thought that we just had the support system. And I also have good insurance for through my job. So we just thought that kind of everything lined up that we would be a good match for a Down syndrome adoption. Yes. My mom works for the school system where we live, and she um, has tons of connections with physical therapists, different services that would be beneficial to a child with Down syndrome and special needs, but also to a family parenting a child with Down syndrome and special needs. So it just Mm -hmm. kind of seemed to really fit for us. And then just our heart for children with medical issues, we just felt like it was right for us. Mm-hmm. What are some of those considerations uh, as you're looking at adopting a child with Down syndrome? What are there some of those things that you have to take into account? Some of the, the things that are unique to this situation? Um, I think in all adoptions, a support system is very, very um, important. But I think in Down syndrome adoption, especially, um, you need a support system that not only understands why you're adopting, but understands that you're adopting a child with special needs and the um, the acceptance that's required from your support system for that child um, is really important. And that child needs to know that they're loved and that they are um, perfect the way they are. 
And, um, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. And so children with Down syndrome are not mistakes. They're not, um, they're not, um, less valuable than any other person on the, in the planet, on the planet. And it's just important that the whole family, the whole friend system understands that, um, as much as the adoptive parents, I think. Um, I think the other thing is finding the local adoption, the local Down syndrome groups in your area. That was something, one of the first things we did. And they have been wonderful to us and, you know, in, in helping us find resources and helping us find, um, you know, professional support and medical support um, because they've been through it. They're living it themselves. And so I think that's really important as well. So you did your homework. You you did the the things that Lutheran Family Service recommended you do to prepare. You did your home study yep. and, and and did all your homework. And uh, how long were you waiting until you got that that what phone call or email? Um, we got our so we had um, a a failed match in August of 2021 which was really, really difficult. And just as a reminder, our home study was approved in May of 2021. Yes. So we ended up getting, oh my God. We ended up getting our final match in um, November of 2021. Um, actually on November 21st of 2021, we got our final match. And it, she was the 20th case that we saw. Yeah, because on the National Down Syndrome Adoption Network, they email out potential um, adoptees, and uh, we had put in for a number of them and just hadn't gotten selected. Um, So uh, we finally did get our get our baby girl. So. So tell us about the the day that you got word that there was a baby waiting for a family. Um, we actually found out about our daughter on the day she was born, a couple hours after she was born. She was in Austin, Texas, and she was born um, via emergency C-section due to um, a birth injury. Um, there was an unknown impact injury that birth mom sustained, and it resulted in some pretty scary um, injuries for Therese Marie. Um, and the original adoptive family that had worked with the agency and with Therese's birth parents, um, were told, you know, she's very, very fragile and we can't guarantee that she's going to even make it through the night. And so they said, you know what? That's too hard for us. The possible prognosis, um, there was some neurological damage, some brain damage among some other um, pretty scary things, organ failure and such. Um, and so they backed out. Um, the agency representing Therese and her fa- her birth family don't do medical fragility or special needs adoption. So they had worked with NDSAN, the National Down Syndrome Adoption Network, prior um, in the past with several families. And so they reached out to Stephanie Thompson, the director, with Therese's case and said, she doesn't have Down syndrome, but do you have any families that would be open to a child with a prognosis of severe medical fragility and neurological deficits? And so we got that 
email and immediately put in for it. They sent a little picture of her and she had all kinds of tubes and, and things, but she just had this super dark midnight black hair that was just spiky and fluffy and adorable. <laughs> and we were smitten right away. So we followed her every single day from November 15th on. We emailed the agency every day and asked for updates. We knew her health was precarious. Um, and then the 21st of November at uh, 6 p.m., we got that email that said, if you want her, she's yours. How quick can you get to Austin, Texas? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a funny story. We were taking a nap. And uh, so Teresa, I was still sleeping. Teresa got the email and she woke me up and she said, oh, oh, we got a, what did I said, she's ours. Our, we got her. Okay. And then I, I, I was still sleepy. I didn't quite understand what she said or what she meant. I thought she meant that, oh, we, we made it to the final round where there, which we had done before and we hadn't gotten selected. So I was like, oh, that's great. That's fine. But then she's like, no, she's ours if we go down and get her. So yes. it was, yeah, it was quite something. Uh, and it was just a whirlwind from there trying to plan flights and yeah we we left the next morning from omaha to act to austin so we uh, we packed our stuff real fast could hardly sleep and and uh then we trekked to austin yes we did and it was landon had broken his ankle in august and was still recovering from that and so he hadn't been walking on it very long and so we were a little concerned with how he was going to do but um, I think the adrenaline just kind of took over and and he made it, but it was it was a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. um, definitely a whirlwind. We are hearing the story of the Poss family and how the Lord grew their family via adoption. We'll share more about that story in just a moment. We got to hear about the trip to Austin and meeting <laughs> uh, little uh, Therese Marie in just a moment. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are talking with the Poss family today and how the Lord grew their family through adoption. Talking with Landon and Teresa. And you hear in the background, little Therese Marie. <laughs> so you... Uh, you found out that uh, Therese was doing okay, and you got the call that, um, that she was yours. You just needed to make the trip to Austin, and uh, so from uh, from Omaha, is that right? Yes. From Omaha to Austin, had to make this quick trip. Uh, found about it. Found about. Found out about it in the evening. Got on a plane the next morning. Tell us about making that trip and uh, your first time meeting Therese. It was surreal absolutely surreal it was a it was a 
it was something we had imagined, but it was so different to actually experience it. It You can't imagine it until you experience it. It's so different than what, than the picture you have in your head. It's a million times better. And we got to the hospital and we got scrubbed into the NICU and we got to meet her. And thankfully our adoption representative in Austin caught it all on video. And here was this tiny little thing that was swollen from blood products and transfusions. And we couldn't hardly see her little face because she had um, a BiPAP machine that was helping her um, to, to breathe. And um, she had all these tubes and, and all these things, but she was just gorgeous. And, oh, excuse me here. <laughs> um, so we got to spend about 20 minutes with her. She was pretty fragile, so they wanted to limit the amount of activity around her. Um, so we spent about 15 minutes with her, and then we went and signed all of our paperwork. And the hospital allowed us to stay overnight in, um, they had a NICU family sleep room, so we were able to stay there. Um, and then the next morning, we just on very little sleep again. I don't think either of us hardly slept that night. Um, we were so excited to go see her. We had to wait until um, 8 a.m. And we were, I think we were up and dressed by like 5 a.m. And so we're waiting in this sleep room for eight o'clock so we can go see our baby. And it was just amazing. It was just incredible. And then her story got super interesting. Um, we were with her um, for about 20 minutes that morning. And one of the neonatologists came in and he said, we did an x-ray in the middle of the night and there was air above her colon. It could be nothing. It could be a bowel perforation. We're going to do another x-ray. So they had us step away and um, they brought in this big machine and they did this x-ray. And he came over and he said, Mama, I'm so sorry, but we need to move your baby to the nearest children's hospital. She has a bowel perforation. Part of her bowel has died and we need to get it out now or she's going to be in some serious danger. Mm -hmm. And that was, it, it knocked the air out of our lungs. Um, Landon uh, again, we're, we're, we're Catholic and, um, Landon ran to try to go find the priest <laughs> and, um, couldn't find him. And so he came back and he did what's called a, con a conditional baptism. Um, it's something that you can do in an emergency. And so he was able to baptize her. Um, and, uh, her full name is Therese Marie Angelica. And, um, so she has two first names, but, uh, so if we were able to do that. We wanted her to be baptized before she went into what was life-threatening surgery. So they crash-carted her um, and got her to the children's hospital. And we waited on the curb at the hospital she was born at for 45 minutes for a taxi that never came. Oh, no. <laughs> we ended up having to call a lift, and we were just frantic. Um, and thankfully, we got there before they took her into surgery. Um, but... It was, that was just the scariest thing. We tried, we were calling our parents and, you know, can you please fly down and can you, you know, come be with us? We're, we're terrified. And um, 
my parents started trying to get a flight. They ended up getting one the next day. Um, they had one for that night, but they missed it. They got it, a flat tire on the way to the airport. <laughs> and they missed it. It was terrible. Um, and so it, that was just, I mean, we had been parents for all of 14 hours mm-hmm. when, you know, it was your baby has to have this surgery. Um, they took 20 centimeters of her bowel out. And um, she was left with an ileostomy, so open bowel on the surface of her um, of her abdomen, and we went from there. Uh, it was huge learning curve. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that is that is quite the uh, the what 48, 48 hours, twenty yeah. yeah. <laughs> eight yeah. hours for you guys, uh, and and how wonderful that you were able to baptize her before she was just, uh, going into surgery. That is that is beautiful um, and such a wonderful thing for her and for you guys too to have that assurance um, of your child. So, what happened then? Uh, did, how did she how did she come home with you guys? What what's been yeah. going on since then? It was it was. It, I don't, it's when we got there. Um, and then when Teresa's parents came down, she just got she just like got the better hour. by the, she picked up. She, the, the, you know, um, she was in serious state. Her kidneys and her liver were seriously damaged and some, and, and seriously failing. And she just, and the doctors kept telling us, well, she's, you know, they would come in and say, Oh, it's you know great news. Her numbers are looking better. And again, there's lots of numbers. You won't go into all those, but, um, and then, and then say, you know, you got to expect setbacks every now and again. And let's, you know, this, that, and the other, but she never really had many setbacks. No, she just, we were there in the NICU for 54 days. So, she was in for, for 61. 61. Um, and she just kept getting better. The The doctors would come on rounds and we, we were sitting in the hotel or hotel, the hospital with her every morning. And, um, they just tell, uh, they just, we got used to, you know, what numbers we were looking at and what we needed to know and this, that, and the, you know? Um, so, and she just kept getting better and it was as incredible. She, um, yeah. we finally got a hold her, which was amazing. Um, yeah. I'm, 40 years old and I had never changed a diaper before. So I had to do that. <laughs> he changed her first diaper three hours after her surgery. The nurse said, which one of you wants to change the diaper? And Landon said, well, I've never changed a diaper. And she said, get up here, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, she, it just, it, it was just, there were some scares. Um, they, they had um, some tests that were possible, were possible for cystic fibrosis so they um expedited those tests and those were negative um they looked at um some other potentially life-threatening things such as biliary atresia and, and they thought she might have that and she didn't have that and it just the she just kept the news just got better or just every day it would just uh just the news was just she's getting better um she she had an she, Teresa mentioned she had uh, a bit of a brain bleed and what they had they took an MRI and they were just shocked that she, that there wasn't much of any damage. Um, right now she, uh, to, we're getting close to the end here. We, she doesn't, um, have any health problems other than kidney, chronic kidney disease, which is stage three. So her kidney functions about 50 to 52%. But other than that, she's perfectly normal. We, um, exceeding what most nine month olds can do. So yeah, she, uh, we have, a. Uh, uh, physical and occupational therapy through the um, through the state of Iowa, and they come and they are just just uh, really impressed with how 
how um, advanced she is for, you know, all the, all the problems she had, you know, before. And uh, so we're just, uh, just really grateful um, to God, obviously that it, it, it's everything is turning out roses right now. Again, obviously uh, anything can happen, but um, yeah. And Therese Marie making her radio debut there. In the, <laughs> yes. In the, um, who, we have just a couple of minutes left. Who supported you along this journey? You mentioned your family, you know, being willing to jump in and, and support you. Uh, tell us about that support that you had along the way in adopting yeah. Therese Marie. We, we mentioned our family and they were fantastic. Um, it's incredible. We, we, we started a GoFundMe. Uh, we had, we had people just come out of the woodworks people we we had from around people from around the world uh we had people that didn't know us that somehow found out we had a um a large donation from someone we'd never met who just was impressed by the story we had our friends that would send us gifts and money and Teresa's my family and Teresa's family gave us money and um we um but we stayed at the Ronald McDonald house for free which, which was, was down, amazing. which was down the street, which saved an incredible amount of money. Um, so it, it just, everything just, it was, it, it was an incredible experience just to have so many people helping us out. And we just, every day we'd get stuff in the mail. We would go to the Ronald McDonald house and they're like, Oh, pastas, you have more stuff today. <laughs> and they're always like kind of miffed a little bit, but, <laughs> but yeah, we just kept getting stuff. So it was, uh, it was am- amazing just how many people helped us out. And then for, we texted a lot, our friends and family and called in the set, you know, so video updates, video updates, updates, picture updates. Teresa's family had a virtual uh, baby shower for her. So we came home to everything we needed for her oh. car seat, stroller, um, clothes. <laughs> she probably has more clothes than most babies. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's just incredible. Well, thanks be to God for uh, this wonderful gift and uh, for this beautiful child and the the great support that you had through that process. Uh, it, with just a, a few seconds left, about 30 seconds, uh, you want to share with us about your experience with Lutheran Family Service? They were phenomenal. Um, we still keep in contact with um, our, our um, agent, um, Sue Shields, is incredible. Kim is amazing. Even when we were down in Texas, they were um, calling weekly and making sure that we were okay, that we had everything we needed, and they just made the process so easy, and they're still supportive. (laughs) Yes, they're still supportive, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, they love you. Landon, Teresa, Therese Marie, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story with us on the Coffee Hour. Oh, you bet. Thanks for having us. It was really fun. Yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.